When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're still talking our favorite quotes from Game of Thrones here on Daily Thrones. If you have a favorite quote we haven't covered yet, press that call button. Let your voice be heard. Let your voice about a quote be heard here on Daily Thrones. Is it a deep, insightful quote? Is it inspirational? Is it just funny and entertaining? Game of Thrones is chock full of them. Let's dig in today and see what we got. Kevin Ross. So when it comes to quotable quotes for Game of Thrones, I think my favorite is a Lannister always pays his debts. And when you really stop and think about it, it has a couple of meanings in Game of Thrones. Sure, it means that despite what you think of the morality of the Lannisters, if they owe you something, they'll come through. They'll take care of what they're supposed to take care of. Which also then means if... A Lannister is indebted to you, you will make sure that the Lannister is taken care of. Look at the Iron Bank in Tywin. Even look at Braun and Jamie. The idea that you know absolutely for sure that the reputation of House Lannister is repayment of promises and money means a Lannister will always be around if they're indebted to you. Thanks. A Lannister always pays his debts, or her debts, or their debts. It is a wonderful catchphrase. Not the house words. Those are, of course, hear me roar. But I think they should trade those out for a Lannister always pays his debts because it means so much. It is truly multi-layered. It shows that uh, the richest family in the land, if they owe you something, they'll come through. They'll pay you back. That's why people want to work with them. That's why, as Kevin points out, the Iron Bank is so keen to... Work with Tywin first, then Cersei. Good record. Good track record of being paid back there, of course. Tyrion uh, uh, comes through several times, proving the phrase uh, a lot. Whether it be Mord, the gatekeeper, Braun, or anyone else. Lannister always pays his debts. It's also a warning. It's also a threat, which is why it's such a wonderful phrase. It is uh, just ask uh, the members of House Reign of, of Castamere. What happens when you uh, you have a when the, the Lannisters feel they owe you something? Uh, it's not always a good thing. So uh, it is a multi-layered theme, a multi-layered quote. Not one I can necessarily use in real life with uh, uh, much regularity, but I I wouldn't mind that, having that, that kind of reputation, right? I'll pay you back, and I'll pay you back. You got to be careful. Um, Tyrion, of course, I think uh, I think Tyrion is a great example of both versions. Just as Shay. Well, you can't. That's the point. She, uh, she, uh, she went against Tyrion. Tyrion owed her, and he paid her back. And of course, like I said, Bronn and uh, all the other examples of when Tyrion's using the money. So maybe, by that regard, Tyrion is the best case, best example of of always paying us. Nah, you know what? Cersei is the best example of always paying her debts. End of season six. The debt, the debt was owed, and the debt was collected by Cersei Lannister. So uh, that is a, a great quote, a great uh, not quite house words, but important enough 
Uh, more here on Daily Thrones. Hi Ken, uh, speaking of favourite quotes, both of mine come from the Hound. Um, they don't include the best word, uh, so I won't use it, but uh, it involves uh, I'm going to have to eat every chicken in this room. And uh, also his response to Arya when uh, she says lots of people name their swords. And his delivery of that line in particular is fantastic. Thanks. Byron with a call about the hound quote. Yes, eating chicken. That's a... Uh... That's, a, that's definitely a quote you can use in real life. I think we could spend probably an entire week on The Hound. Rory McCann brings such life to this character that was always designed, of course, with these multi-layers. But again, be, back in season one, in the beginning of the story, if you're reading the books, you're trained to think we got good guys, we got bad guys. The Hound is the bad guy. Then by about the time the tournament of the of the uh, Hand, uh, in honor of Ned Stark, happens, and he fights Gregor, saves Loras Tyrell... Um, you start to wonder and you hear the backstory of his character and who is this guy and his quotes go from these big bad guy kind of, uh, you know, bombastic statements to having layers and having, dare I say, a softer side, a softer touch, as soft as the hound can get. So there's a lot of quotes I love. I actually love language and all. I love his fuck the king speech at the Battle of Blackwater. I love it. I love how he ran away. I thought there was a reason for it. And it's the first time that I really pumped my fist rooting for the Hound. It was, uh, you know, things that started to happen when he saved Sansa during the riots. You're, you want to root for this guy. You want him to do something, to stand on his own, to break away from Joffrey. And finally he does. And you, uh, you're, you're there for the hound's ride from that point. Um, one of my favorite quotes, I love, he, there's, there's so much wisdom in his little responses. Uh, going back to the broken man, uh, Brother Ray is talking with him um, and saying, violence is a disease. You don't cure a disease by spreading it to more people. And the hound says, you don't cure it by dying either. And I have something I think I wish uh, Brother, Wa Brother Ray had, uh, had listened to. He would have still been alive. Now, we know Ian McShane didn't want the character to go much more past one episode. But I would have loved to see what Brother Ray could have done uh, more with the Hound and, and, and formed him and shaped him. Uh, but we needed that story to happen. But that's what I'm talking about. These little things with the Hound that uh, you go through. I love his speech to Aria about, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned it here before on this channel that uh, um, him saying, uh, you know, teaching her about the real world and how I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the only one that understands it. And uh, how many Starks are they going to have to behead before you understand it, too? Uh, it, is, it is wisdom, a lot of wisdom, a lot of – it's a tough world, and the Hound knows it more than anybody. So if you go back, you could probably know that there's those books they released on the, the wisdom of Tyrion, wisdom and wit of Tyrion Lannister. Those are great books, of course. Uh, a lot of wisdom there, but there's a lot of wisdom in a lot of characters in Game of Thrones. But I think the Hound should have his own book of wisdom. It'd be, uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be uh, an adult read, but it would be interesting. If you have any specific hound quotes, let me know. Call in. I want to hear. And don't, don't, don't edit yourself. No one would edit the hound. When we're talking about the hound, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can lay it out here all on the table. Uh, so if you got a hound quote, let me know. Or another quote, keep it going here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. So my second choice for a favorite quote is actually a new quote on the show, and it's when Tormund Giantsbane says, 
Ginger, gingers are beautiful. We are kissed by fire. Whenever someone says something about gingers online or in real life, I always immediately say that because it is 100% the truth. Us gingers are beautiful. You know, Eric, there's a lot of wisdom with Tormund Giants Bane to say in there about gingers. We know they're kissed by fire. Egret has taught us that. And as a, a man who has a girlfriend who I love dearly, who is a very much uh, a, a kissed by fire redhead, uh, I, I have to agree that uh, Tormund is is talking the, the truth. There's a lot of quotable quotes in that uh, Beyond the Wall episode, the fun little back and forth between all of our main characters, but that's definitely one that's fun to pull out of. Uh, and, and, and Tormund's got his own wit and wisdom. If the Hound can have a book, as I suggested today, maybe Tormund can have a book as well. Hey, Ken, this is Jeremy. Uh, Game of Thrones is full of so many amazing quotes with strong characters, and um, just the dialogue is just amazing. But there's one character that every time he comes on the screen, I'm just waiting to hear what he says, and that's Bronn. You know, it's going to be funny. You know, it's probably going to be crude, but there's going to be wisdom in that crudeness. Whether he's saying... Whether he's talking about that's like having the biggest cock in the Unsullied Army or give me 10 men and some climbing spikes and I'll impregnate that bitch. Maybe it's not the friendliest dialogue, but you know you're going to remember it. You know, if we're going to talk about the Hound, we're going to talk about Torment. it should only be fair that we talk about Brawn. Braun is kind of that similar character. He's a rough and tough man. He speaks with coarse language, but... Buried within the things he's saying is some of that wisdom that's very, very important to Game of Thrones. He knows the land. He knows the world. He knows the actual score. So he's uh, someone we absolutely should listen to. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is simply, no, but he did. That, of course, following Lysa Stark yelling at him after he kills Servardus in the Vale as he stood for Tyrion. Uh, great moment. One of those like, yep, that's how this world works. I did not fight with honor. Absolutely did not. But I won. When asked by Oprin about how he became uh, a knight, how this happened, his answer, killed the right people, I suppose, is exactly it. It's exactly how the world works. He's a fascinating character. I'd love, uh, I'd love, uh, you could do an entire book on Braun and his adventures uh, not just before the events of A Song of Ice and Fire, but even during. Like, if you could have just a book from his point of view of, of the world, go, how it goes, uh, I'd be into it. Now, he's more, uh, he's a little bit more focused on in the show because Jerome Flynn does such a great job. So maybe you could have this weird book that covers both, uh, the book storyline and the story uh, on the show from his point of view would be interesting. He takes a little bit of a different path in the books, of course. So uh, there's a lot of quotes there from Braun uh, that, uh, I, I, you know, another moment, gosh, just popped in my head as I'm recording here. Uh, when uh, Tyrion is introducing uh, the the, uh, the uh, stone uh, stone men and the mountain men and everybody um, and, and Braun to his father Tywin at the war camp. And uh, when Bron, when talking about his family, says, "Ah, you wouldn't know him." Uh, just a a perfect moment from uh, Bron uh, there. So um, there's and and he's perhaps the funniest character on Game of Thrones. So what do you guys think? What is your favorite Bron quote? Do you have a specific quote? Let me know. 
Deadly Thrones. We'll be talking co- quotes for the next couple days here. Hope you guys are enjoying it as we uh, uh, wait, bay the breath for more news on season eight. So long away, so far away, yet so close. See you tomorrow on Daily Thrones. I'm Ken Absuck, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. And we've been talking about quotes, our favorite quotes, our favorite inspirational quotes, our most entertaining quotes, the characters that deliver them. And I was only going to have this go for a couple days, but I still have some great calls to get to from you guys and more coming in. And I'm not done talking about quotes. I mean, the dialogue and the wit and wisdom of these characters, it, it's very much what drives a lot of us to this show. So, all right, I'm the boss of me, right? Anchor, Daily Thrones, we're going to still talk about quotes. So let's hear some of yours right now, and I'll share another one of mine. How you doing, Ken? I agree with you. I absolutely love the quote, I wish you uh, good fortune in the wars to come. I use it sometimes during my day, but I just love it when Arthur Dane said that to Ned, a young Ned Stark. I thought it was so cool because in Arthur Dane's mind, he was going to kill Ned Stark. So I just I think it was just a really badass moment. One of my favorite quotes, per se, in Game of Thrones is, Winter is coming. I use that the most in my daily life, especially this time of year when winter actually is coming, but also when I can tell something bad is going to happen or there's a looming threat in my life. I always just say that to myself and others because I think it's such a great quote. Billy, I'm so glad you brought up Winter is Coming. Without a doubt... Now, I said this earlier about You Know Nothing Jon Snow. I think You Know Nothing Jon Snow definitely broke out as the first Game of Thrones quote to really reach super heights in pop culture and outside of pop culture. It's something that even non-Game of Thrones fans know. But the same could be said for Winter is Coming. It's said in the very first episode. It's the title of the first episode. So it definitely became uh, a catchphrase something that's known and it's uh it's used on t-shirts variations joke versions of it pun versions of it are used so it's definitely an important quote it also it also is used in in, in the show much like uh, people like you and me billy use it in real life one of my bosses uses it to describe work situations that aren't going so well or where some trouble is brewing down the line winter is coming and, and you just immediately know what that means and uh the same can be said for the stark family it is uh the the north are dour people uh the starks eh, they have their own sense of humor i suppose but it definitely seems like they're not sitting around laughing like say they do in dorn they're kind of serious winter is coming as apropos winter is coming seems to really encapsulate what being in the north means dark dreary trouble always seems to be afoot always seems to be on its way i think that's why they just don't want to go south as much so billy you're absolutely right i love that quote it is something to sell the show and hey it still pays off seven years later right seven seasons here we go winter is finally here even inside the show, they kind of joked around with it with Sansa and John talking about, huh, father used to always say, winter is coming, and now winter is here. So the show, uh, the quote has a lot of meaning, meaning to the show in and out of the story. So excellent choice. Winter is coming. Hey, Ken. So I really racked my brain over trying to find my favorite quotes. And of course, I did think of some of the more serious ones, but I kept going back to some of the more comedic quotes that I remember, such as, I always wanted to be a wizard from Sam or stick him with the pointy end by John. 
or even uh, uh, the hound saying you're shit at dying. Uh, those three kept kind of popping in my brain, but one of my favorite comes from Tyrion in season one when he's with Bronn and Shay right before the battle and they're drinking and he just says, look at how much fun we're having. Um, it's something I actually say with my friends a lot or we're goofing off or just playing games or something and someone's not having a good time and we'll just kind of look at them and be like, well, look at how much fun we're having. Um, it's just a, such a cool little lighthearted moment and it's something uh, that I've always remembered for the past couple years and uh, it just kind of reminds me that no matter how serious Game of Thrones is, uh, they do a great job of just sprinkling in lighthearted comedic moments for all, all, all of us to laugh at. Jeff with a great pull from... Tyrion's many, many quotes, but look at, look at what, the, what fun we're having, speaks uh, a lot to what Tyrion is, not just for the story, he's a funny guy, we get him, we almost immediately like him, we're conflicted because he's a Lannister, in season one we're not supposed to like the Lannisters, but we seem to like Tyrion, the turning point for me, he was great in the pilot, but the turning point for me was when he was really nice to John, and you got the sense that he was uh, actually the only one telling him the truth about the Night's Watch, and Tyrion just has that way in this crazy world full of magic and politics and death and backstabbing and dragons and warfare both from uh, the north and from the, the, the other realms and inside King's Landing as well. Tyrion represents us in a way. Some of his lines in this one, look at what fun we're having, they almost seem to comment on the situations. They almost seem to take the characters out, deflate a lot of the tension. A lot of the stuff... Tyrion's had a, a weird run the last couple seasons, that's that's for sure, but some of the stuff with Missandei and Grey Worm, while everyone's waiting for Danny and war with the slave traders is about to happen, um, Tyrion's aside, Tyrion's trying to get them to tell jokes, trying to get them to talk about things, uh, you know, Grey, Grey Worm saying, you know, you know patrol, what do, what do you guys talk about, patrol, <laughs> what, do you, what do you talk about when you're not on patrol, patrol, it, it's, it's great stuff and it's almost... Not quite meta, not quite fourth wall breaking, but it shows uh, a little bit, uh, it, it, like I said, a little insight into the world. Tyrion is is us. We're not, uh, you know, Jon Snow's kind of our hero. Danny's kind of our hero. We're introduced to the world through the eyes of the Starks. But I think in a way, the craziness, everything around it, Tyrion, he's our voice. And a quote like that, Jeff, kind of shows the greatness and the varied importance and meanings of Tyrion's lines. That's why that book exists. More, some, more quotes here on Daily Thrones. Hey Ken, uh, my name is Matt. I'm French, so sorry if my English is a, a little broken. Um, I'm calling with regards to your questions about the quotes. My favorite quote was uh, when Jon Snow is being told to kill the boy and let the man be born. Um, I thought it was very inspiring and, and really uh, helpful in how you should make your decisions with regards to your uh, adulthood. When you're an adult, you don't have always easy decisions, and you have sometimes decisions that are where you have a choice between what is good and what is easy. And putting it, putting it in those terms, in a term where um, you can't always be friends with everyone or you can't always please yourself um, was really helpful for me and that's why I like this quote so much. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. 
Matt from France checking in and eloquently stating his reasons for loving the Maester Eamon. Quote, kill the boy, let the man be born. It is a very important quote to the character of Jon Snow. But like Matt says, that is definitely something you can apply to your life. And it doesn't have to be kill the boy, kill the girl, let the woman be born. Kill your childhood, your inner naivete, your inner selfishness, more importantly. And mature, grow up, make those tough decisions, and stand tall when you have to make. And there's a lot going into that quote and a lot into the growth of Jon Snow. As I had said before, Jon Snow's growth and his view of the world from I Know Nothing Jon Snow, that quote we talked about earlier in the week, perhaps the most famous quote in all of Game of Thrones next to maybe Winter is Coming, it shows, uh, you know, we, we see the world through John's eyes here in Game of Thrones and Westeros and Essos and everything. A little bit through Danny's as well. Her journey is, is very similar to John and just as important. But as it relates to Jon Snow, that moment with Aemon Targaryen, uh, kill the boy, let the man be born, it's, 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 it's very true. It is that maturing. Uh, it's the, uh, it's, it's not just doing your homework. It's uh, paying the bills. It is making those tough decisions, as Matt said, sometimes uh, related to friendships, relationships, jobs, uh, sad, tragic moments. You must, uh, you must make that transition. And we see those people, uh, adults who ha- look like adults. They claim to be adults, but not quite there. It's not just about naivete and immaturity, too. It is... It is about, again, like I think it is an inner, inner selfishness that you must kill. Uh, children, love them to death, just naturally self-centered, naturally selfish. It's their world, right? As it should be. But as you get older, you must put that aside, and some people don't. And Jon Snow maybe was making decisions based out of selfishness and stubbornness, and, and he had to think bigger. He had to grow up. Uh, that kind of transition actually is about to happen in a big way in Star Wars. The character of Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac's character, uh, is about to be forced to make that tr- tradition as well. It's a storyline they've covered in the new Star Wars comics, coming out of The Force Awakens, uh, where General Leia is forcing him to not be a reckless flyboy, running around in his X-Wing, but being a leader, and thinking of the bigger cause and of other people. And I think that's the same thing that Aemon Targaryen was trying to drill into the head of Jon Snow. My other favorite quote from Maester Aemon, of course, is love is the death of duty because it's true. And that's part of the sacrifice of love. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have a nice career and, and also find love. Not at all. But there is a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth uh, into uh, standing on that wall and not letting anything distract you. It's a dangerous, uh, fine line to walk. But there is a, a lot of truth to what Maester Eamon was saying. There is a lot of truth to a lot of things Maester Eamon has said over the course of his career on Game of Thrones. Uh, and uh, a great character and a great uh, actor as well. Sad to see him go. So, uh, Matt from France, appreciate that call. Beautiful stuff. Guys, we're continuing this. I'm having so much fun. I have a lot more quotes queued up, ready to go. Uh, I am traveling to a wedding tomorrow, so I'm going to try to get to you guys tomorrow with some stuff, but I might not, but hold on to Sunday. Keep calling in. A lot of quotes to get to, a lot of things to discuss here on Daily Thrones. Thank you guys for making this such a fun, wonderful community to gather up and talk. Game of Thrones from all around the world. You guys join in, and I appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow.
So we're talking about big quotes that encompass the entire show, the themes, uh, winter is coming, what it all means and what we're expecting, and then Jeff's bringing up some of the funnier quotes and the lighter quotes, and that relates to, of course, Tyrion Lannister, who's very, very funny character, along with uh, Braun and some of the other funny, funny characters and moments in the show. But one of my favorite quotes is, is a serious quote. It's a jarring quote. It actually knocked me out of the story, but also really, really pulled me into the story and what really goes on in Westeros and Essos. And that's from Cersei Lannister in season four, when she tells Oprah Martell as he's trying to be nice and trying to comfort her about her daughter, says everywhere in the world, they hurt little girls. It was one of those moments where you kind of realize the show is speaking to us, speaking to the world and speaking to a lot of things that go on now and a lot of things that always have gone and, and that hopefully could change as we work towards that and it was interesting because it, it wasn't just said to a big brutish character. It was said to Ober Martell, who right from the get-go on the show, uh, I think even more than the books, he's, he's much more vibrant on the show, at least to me. Uh, it seems as though, you know, this is the most progressive character we have. This is the most uh, well-rounded, well, well-traveled. Um, his view of the world, Oberyn's view, is, is much different than a lot of the other characters we had met in the first three seasons. Dorn is different, everything about it. So when he's trying to comfort Cersei, which is, again, showing to a certain side of Oprah that other people don't try to do, they would not try to comfort Cersei. She she is, uh, you know, one of the prominent members of the family that Oberyn wants to destroy. That's why he's there. But it speaks to Oberyn that he still tries to comfort her, still tries to talk about Marcella, that she's safe in Dorne. He's doing it with a little cocky attitude. He's doing it in a stern fashion as well. There's a little bit of double speaking there. Uh, to assure her that she's safe, Oberyn says, we don't hurt little girls in Dorne. And that line that was not even thought about, it just was so well delivered. Everywhere in the world, they hurt little girls. Oberyn couldn't say anything about it. It also, for me, helped bring some insight into Cersei Lannister. I always talk about sympathy for Cersei. She is part of the bad guys. She's on the bad team. We're not supposed to root for her. And Lena Headey does such a great job of bringing such uh, such evilness to the character. But because Game of Thrones and the Song of Ice and Fire are so well written, so well crafted, there's definitely these, these layers to these characters. And it's sometimes hard to find it in Cersei. But I think there is a place to find it. You go back to season one, her and Robert Baratheon talking about their marriage and if she ever had a chance, he saw her heart break again for just a second. So well played, one of my favorite scenes. And then in this moment, you get a sense of Cersei, look, she does things, she does all this for herself. Cersei, Cersei is selfish. She's sometimes single-minded, narrow-focused. Even now here at the end of season seven, we got her agreeing to help people, but it's part of a ploy. Cersei can never just do things outside of herself. That I get. But in that moment, when she says this, that everyone in the world that hurt little girls, you almost get a sense that Cersei's doing a lot of this to fight back. There's an empowerment in there. And you know, she was abused too. She was so, sold off, essentially, into a marriage, an arranged marriage. It, it ruined her life. Her father treated her badly. And she knows, even from her privilege point, high above uh, on uh, La Casterly Rock, over in the Lannister lands, and then to King's Landing. She's privileged. She knows it. She relishes it. But I think she thinks she deserves it. And in a lot of ways, I think Cersei might, might think she's fighting back, taking a little wedge of power for the women. 
and now it's more than a wedge. It's all the pie. Now again, Cersei is selfish. She's the bad guy. She does bad things, but when she blows up the sept and takes that sip of wine, there's a part of us that like it, a part of us that understand. And in this moment, when she says this to Oberyn, you understand the world of Westeros. You understand how it works. You understand why Cersei has to fight even harder. It's one of my favorite quotes. What are yours? Keep them coming here on Daily Thrones. We'll talk quotes all the way up to Thanksgiving and beyond. You guys, thanks for contributing. Your voice is important just as much as mine here on Anchor and Daily Thrones. See you tomorrow.